0: So glad you're here with us, so glad you're here with us at home, and everyone here in person, what a great, exciting announcement that that Sarah had for us of what's coming, and uh, look forward to you being a part of that on the 20th, our kickoff Sunday. Next Sunday, uh, we are still going to be in the same format, but we're going to be commissioning our preschool teachers, uh, praying over them, blessing them as they uh, go forward to serve uh, in this year. Amazing uh, turn of events of what's happened that... Our preschool is going to continue uh, even as some preschools have had to close. But we are so thankful that the Lord has, is calling us to serve in this way. Have you ever heard the expression hindsight is 20-20? Anybody, anybody know that saying? Hindsight is twenty twenty. It's easy to be knowledgeable after the fact. Like after the fact, after it's all happened. Like, oh, it was so obvious, right? Of course Russell Wilson would Work, work out. Drafted seventy two. Of course, I should have bought Apple stock with that high school graduation money. So, so many years ago. Of course. And then what follows when we think of hindsight being twenty twenty? If I had only what? If I only knew. If I had only known. If someone had just given me some insight, just a little secret information, a tip or something, then it all would have worked out. Well, so here we are in September. And it's our time for our annual vision series. Uh, every September, we review what, what God's been doing in our midst. And every, every September is going to be a time, this is our third year together, uh, church, where we review the vision statement that God has put on our heart, kind of our, our plan going forward. Last September at this time, we introduced our, our vision and mission 2020 to 2025 vision statement where we, we prayerfully discerned over a long period of time from when I first landed here, and actually long before that, what God would have us do. And we laid that out to you. We just sort of put it before the congregation and said, what do you think? Is this the plan that God has for us? And so in hindsight, being 2020, what we're going to say this morning is, if we had only known now, then what we know now, what would we have changed? what would we have done differently? So what I want to do this morning is I want to review where we've, where we've been this past year. Kind of an exciting year, hasn't it been? Let's, let's review the year and then let's refocus. Let's refocus on the year ahead. Okay. So this was a statement that we presented to you and it boiled down to this statement. We are family. I had, Megan was wearing her t-shirt. We're going to have her up here the entire service. We are family. we serve our motto, that was sort of the big picture for us to be reminded that we are a family here at MVC. And this is how the statement started. It said, we are family at Maple Valley Church. We have prayerfully discerned that the Lord is preparing us to make a substantial investment to help many new families know God more deeply, love others more completely, and live life more fully. And all the years, uh, over more than three decades of, of history, this church has been a family-centric church, and yet we see the family, the definition of family, changing all around us. And we want to be in step with that. See, families looking different, and, and we're drawing families to this church. The Lord is calling them here from all up and down the socioeconomic positions and and people that are single parents and grandparents that are watching kids were saying, everyone who comes here, we're going to treat you like family, we're going to care for you. That was the big picture. And then after that was just a list of inspirational goals like BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. Let's see if we can try uh, to try swing for the fences. And they have little word pictures attached to each of them. We really wanted to condense down to make it uh, easy to understand. but also inspire the congregation. We think this is where God has us going. We've been praying. We've been discerning. We've been seeking the Lord's face. We've been on our our knees. We believe this is what God would have for us. And you know something? This whole COVID. Do you know the name of it is actually the novel coronavirus? Novel meaning new. It's never been seen. This unprecedented times. You know what we know now that we didn't know then? Our God is bigger than all of it. Our God is bigger than all of it. In fact, in fact, this unprecedented time of, of pandemic and economic turmoil and social unrest and national uncertainty has made it all the more clear. In hindsight, it's obvious we are family. How we pull together as a church family and how that love extends to our wider community. It's actually happening. It's not just words on a document that, that we put out to you. It's actually being lived and breathed and acted upon by you and by you, church. And so I just, I just get to review this with you. It's pretty remarkable. Let me just take a minute to, to talk about some of these, these goals that we had. Two of them, which I'll start with, I'm going to say bad news, good news, but two of them have been delayed. So the first one that was delayed, we we said by this fall, by September of 2020, we would start a before and after school program uh, for kids, primarily serving our two neighboring schools that we call that Our Jerusalem. That's the closest place to us that we want to love, Shadow Lake and Cedar River Elementary School with a, a before and after school program. We saw a tremendous need. The parents need to drop their kids off, work a long, hard day uh, in Seattle or, or wherever, wherever, and then come back, and make sure the kids are taken care of, that someone's helping them with their homework, that they're in a loving and nurturing environment. Delayed. Delayed. And secondly, we had said by, by the winter of 2020, so just coming up in a few months, it said... Um, By 2020, quote, we would send a team to Mumbai, India to explore explore future short-term mission trips, sponsoring school children and cross-cultural relationships with a new mission partner with Asher House. How wonderful. Imagine our kids, our preschoolers, our Sunday school kids, uh, seeing the culture exchange between America and India. And seeing how kids are, are being raised there and, and having that bigger world perspective, that's delayed. And yeah, you know, I just had a conversation with Rob just earlier this week. He didn't even know I was going to mention this, but he said, you know I, I've been praying about this. Justin and I have been praying uh, that the Lord might open the door for us to go. Anyone interested in going to India right now? No. Well, they are because they have loved ones there. So God bless them, we'll consider that. Mission Council will we'll consider that. But for now, that's delayed. It's, it, it needs to be clarified, the timing of that. All the other goals are right on time. Really, with, with hindsight, knowing now all the challenges that our community is facing, all the challenges that you're facing at home, all the hardships that we see like never before, at least in, in my 49 years in our nation, in all of it, we can see God is bigger and his plans are stronger than anything that comes our way. And so it's a thrill. It's really a thrill. I actually have the opportunity to say to you at home and everyone here, by God's grace, we believe humbly, we still need to always say humbly, that we actually discerned what the Holy Spirit would have for us. You can't always say that, can you? You say, well, this looked like a good plan. It seemed like we had the resources for it, so we just did it. These are things that we had no clear plan. We We just had a sense that this is what God would have for us. So here are the things that are still right on time. Number one, launching an adoption and foster care ministry to support families with adopted and foster kids right on time. In fact, Sarah will be introducing it uh, later this fall. Our entire uh, Advent season of uh, the series is going to be called Abba's Child. It's going to be focused on the idea of being adopted into God's family. We're going to celebrate foster and adoption care uh, Sunday in November. Now, more than ever, children being removed from their parents and housed maybe hours away from where any nearby family might be. Or families are considering bringing in and fostering a child and how difficult that is and the statistics of, of how difficult it is to see uh, that through as a foster parent. So many parents that want to do the right thing, they just drop off because there's not a support system there. There's no safety net. There's no one to turn to and say, I need some help. This, kid, this child has to be at the courthouse, There's an issue with the parents. Who can help? Someone's got to tutor this child and I don't have the resources. Can someone help me? Now more than ever, these plans that God laid on Sarah's heart and and the whole elder board said yes to this right on time. A faith-based marriage enrichment initiative to help couples strengthen their marriages. We talked about our students at this time, like, well, what's the part for, for our high school students and middle school students? What, what better thing can we give to a family than to keep mom and dad together instead of getting divorced and separated? And so Josh and Emmy Bean started that. They had their first event uh, back in the spring. Or wait, when was that first event? It was before all this. It was in the wintertime. They're looking to, to resurrect that plan even this fall, and you'll be hearing about that later this fall, of a of a marriage initiative to help couples in need. A newly added to that, that idea of, of a faith-based marriage program that's helping families. I'm so excited with Cammie Wright, our uh, children's ministry director, and her team have innovated because we can't have Sunday school right now. Families are coming, even one or two churches that have a Sunday school program, they're seeing three, four, five kids coming on a Sunday. She said, well, what can we do? How can we meet that need? How do we, can we continue Christian education for children? And so she's created, and their team has created Base Camp that will be starting on, on the 24th on Thursdays. Thursday afternoon, first grade to fifth grade, have your kids come and experience Christian Sunday school on a Thursday. Thursday school. I got I to work on that one. And then finally, or on third point, the goal to add dozens of small groups throughout the region, quote, to create community, to be more missional with our lives and living our faith, relational in showing love to all people, passionate in imitating Jesus. Now, our church has always been very much about small groups, right? Home groups, an idea of discipleship in community. So David Miles, who's been here almost 10 years now, will celebrate his 10th anniversary in October. He said, I could see us adding in five years a dozen small groups. We're we're talking about 180 people. This is is a huge, audacious goal. Right on time. It's happening. In fact, I heard from uh, ladies that were part of our our women's Bible study group that met here corporately. They said, Pastor Pete, we've moved online. It's interesting. Many of our seniors really like meeting on Zoom. Raise your hand if you like meeting on Zoom. Let's see our... I see some seniors' hands going up. Younger folks, I'm not seeing that so much as something you like doing because you're probably on Zoom or something online quite a bit. But those groups are meeting. The green small group meets every single week. I've heard of other home groups that are continuing to meet. And right now, it's so exciting. This is the opportunity for you to sign up for a small group online. So excited that the Barnes, new covenant partners of our church, uh, Christina and, and Gabe Barnes have, are launching a new small group for, for young families with young kids. And then finally, and, and this is really the, the biggest, put a price tag on it, the most expensive, the most audacious of goals, but one that has really been part of the church's history for some time the plans for this physical location. In hindsight, it seems more urgently needed than ever before, and that is to design a new physical space, adding a third floor above the sanctuary and totally renovating the the office wing of the church and the education wing to meet the needs of our growing preschool kid venture, which is children's ministry, and RISE, which is the youth ministry. Now more than ever, there's a tremendous need. Even as preschool has had to, I um, I close ranks a little bit because not as many parents are able to have a child who's Zooming at home with elementary school and do preschool. We see that preschool continuing to grow in the years to come. The need growing. Even to add kindergarten to that. Now imagine that, which is a, which is a, a premium sort of thing to be able to afford to send your child to a program like that. What if we also made it the ability for a single mom working two jobs. We say, we have a spot for your child in our preschool, in our care. They need special needs. We're seeing it more than ever, aren't we, parents? The need for nurturing and care. And so, Lord willing, by this time next year, we will have designed plans to present to you the congregation and a plan for fundraising and faith-raising that would we'll then eventually see sometime late the following year, 2022, the beginning of of construction and work, if the Lord continues to, to say yes to those things, that that facility could be opened by the end of this vision statement, 2025. Now, those were plans that we had. But it all looked like it was going to come crashing down when the pandemic started. We heard reports of churches having to shutter and Finance is just drying up because people were scared and not sure how to how to manage and churches laying people off, but not here at MVC. You know what your response was, your generous response. I'm looking at everyone here in the room and, and they're home. You increased your investment in the mission of MVC. And so I want to remind you if you missed out on this, in July, we put in an additional hundred thousand dollars towards the old mortgage that we still have on the building so that that could be paid off by December of 2022. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for his faithfulness. Nobody saw what was coming when we started the series in Revelation. I said, okay, this is going to be a little out, out of the box. I wonder how this church will respond if we study the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, will there be anyone left in the room? And you responded with such passion and enthusiasm. I've never seen a, a body of people, of believers, get so deep into one book of the Bible, unified together. And we're reminded what were we again and again? He has the victory. He needs to give us eyes to see what is actually going on in the world. I would struggle with, well, how could I ever come up with like an illustration that would really resonate with my people? Because we do have it pretty good compared to the rest of the world. What, What could I say that would really bring us together and understand that this word is God's living word? And then we had pandemic. And we were in scripture talking about forces and battles and armies and influences and plagues. And how God's people respond by following the Lamb wherever He goes. That's a year in review. But now it's time to to refocus. Mark, how's that camera? Are we focused? Are we in focus? Throw, Throw me out of focus and then back in focus. That'd be a cool effect. Okay. It feels like we're a little bit out of focus. Do you feel a little squinty eyed? And you wake up and you see all the amazingly massive challenges that we're facing now. We're right in the middle of this most difficult time, and we need the Lord God to refocus. And it starts with us individually and then with us as a family. We're under so much stress, we're under duress. And I I see things that people are posting online on their Facebook page or Instagram when kind of letting out some of the steam of what's going on at home. But then I hear it when you're actually contacting me or our team to say, here's what's really happening, of how difficult and challenging this time is, of how confusing it is and worrisome. it does seem like wherever you look, there's an issue and a problem. Sometimes you wake up and think, oh, it's going to be a happy day. It'll just be a normal Labor Day weekend, right? Wrong. As soon as you look at your social media feed or turn on the TV, you know how wrong things are. The protests, the unrest, the uncertainty of the election coming. Do you feel that? Do you feel that at home? Do you feel surrounded Everywhere you look, there's enemy at the gate. Well, you're not alone. We are family. We are in this together. And I want to say to you, as we're we're focusing or refocusing this day, that the Lord put this word on my heart and then Rob made plans for the worship and and assigned to Hadley and, and Cindy to sing that song, Surrounded. And I... The two kind of came together. And while I want to look at the text, it speaks to that. It, it really, the, the song that we sang just a few moments ago, helps us to understand that when we feel surrounded by enemies and troubles, we need to see beyond that to see we are surrounded by God. So I invite you to open your Bible to 2 Kings chapter 6, or just listen to me share uh, this account, this historical account. This is 850 years before the birth of Christ. Elijah is the prophet of Israel. He he inherited that title from Elijah, who had done so much uh, for God's people, and now here's Elijah continuing uh, that work. And in Second Kings, chapter six, we have uh, King Aram, who of the Aram uh, Aramans, and he is totally ticked off. Why? Because someone keeps leaking in his cabinet. Top secret information keeps leaking out of his inner circle and making life difficult for him. We can't, we've can not we never heard a story like that, right? In politics, that never happens, right? There's no leaks. And he's especially ticked off because every time he tries uh, to corner the, the Israelites, he tries to get a hold of Israel and send troops, they always know what's happening. It turns out the king, who is pointing fingers at everyone in his cabinet, Turns out he talked in his sleep. And the prophet of God knew exactly what he was doing and what he was planning and, and the schemes that he had to trap Israel. And so he would then take that information, send it to the king of Israel, and they would be warned. And, and so it comes back here in 2 in king, uh, Kings chapter 6 that the advisors of the king who are petrified to, to tell him what is actually happening, you talk in your sleep, they tell him, Who's responsible? It's that prophet, Elisha. He knows what you're talking about, and he's passing on the information. So the king, in his rage, puts together a huge army, horses and chariots and soldiers, and he figures out where where they're located, and he sends that army in the dead of night to set up around that city and to attack and to capture and destroy the threat. That's where we pick up in verse 15. This is the next morning. Verse 15, I'll just read it to you and we'll read a little bit and pause and we'll follow along. It says, when, when the servant of the man of God, that's uh, Elisha's servant, when he got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. I, I, I never come up, do you ever come up with voices when you're reading Bible stories? <laughs> oh no, no, that's not, a, oh no, that, that doesn't seem appropriate. Oh, no, my Lord. What shall we do? The servant asked. Verse 16. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us, listen, are more than those who are with them. Now, you're the servant, this young man who helps bring clothes and wardrobe or what have you. What is he thinking that this man of God knows that no one else knows? Those who are with us are more than the... He can literally see... All the danger he can see the armies out there coming towards them i 'm thinking he 's thinking i'm not going i 'm not going to take your word for it, holy man we 're in trouble. We need an escape. We need help. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. What is he thinking maybe Maybe he knows that the cavalry is coming, that troops are coming, that resources will finally show up. Or maybe, in fact, he starts to realize, if I only had faith like this man of God. Verse 18, as the enemy came down toward him, Elijah prayed to the Lord. He prayed, strike this army with blindness. Oh, I skipped a verse. Verse 17, I skipped a verse. Elijah prayed, he said uh, to the Lord, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. He said, Lord, help him to see. Give him eyes to see. What's been our central theme through our Revelation series? Our theme for our entire year of seeing what's really going on, of God peeling back the curtain so we can see what's actually going on, who's actually in control. Here, Elisha says that very prayer. Open his eyes, Lord, that he may see, and there he sees surrounding that army a much greater force. Chariots of fire. Dun, 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 dun victory at hand. And now verse 18, as the enemy came down toward him, the enemy doesn't see this, they still have a plan, they're still moving forward. As the enemy came down, he prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness, as Elijah had asked. And it goes on to say that the army was was blinded, and he leads them out away from the city. And you know what happens? He leads them all the way to Samaria, to the to the capital at that time of Israel. And you think, oh, here comes another Old Testament story. There's something terrible and bloody and awful and unjust is going to happen. You know what happens? Their sight is regained. And he says, let's provide a feast for these people that were our enemies. And the text ends saying, they never attacked Israel again. God's mediator in this moment brought peace Turn enemies into neighbors. How would you feel if you heard the Lord say to you, Those who are with you right now, in the midst of everything you're facing, of all the things you're juggling, of all the concerns that you have, are more than those who are with them, who are with the enemy? What would you think? He's dreaming. That's a nice idea on a Sunday morning when everything looks fine and dandy, but that's not real life. See, Elijah's servant was giving in to that terrible, terrible, awful enemy of us, which is fear, fear of what's coming. And he was giving in to a terrible, terrible thing of regret from the past. Oh, if I'd only known, why did we come here? Why did we end up in this place? We're going to sing uh, Egypt, the song called Egypt when the Israelites moaned to Moses, why didn't you bring us out here to die? And what was missing was joy in the moment. Elijah knew better. He knows that God's plans cannot be stopped. So in what situation do you find yourself right now where you need some... Heavenly horses and chariots of fire. Just take a moment, even right now, where you are, just take a quiet moment. Refocus on the message here. Maybe your attention's drifting. I get that. But in what circumstance are you facing right now where you need spiritual intervention? Can you give that to the Lord right now? Can we do that together? What does this story teach us? It teaches us God is with us even when we're not aware of it. It teaches us the power of prayer. This plan that we've put before uh, you, congregation, this past year did not come from a think tank or, or a book or some consultant. It came through prayer. Imagine if we spent just 10 minutes a week in real prayer to the Lord. How much good that would do compared to all of the muttering and stuttering and internal voices we hear in our own heads of all the concerns that we have. We just stopped for 10 minutes and said, Lord God, give me eyes to see. So what did the servant do? He, he didn't ask for it. He didn't know the circumstance he was going to be in. What what situation do we find ourselves in? We find ourselves in a circumstance in which we need to have eyes to see. See, these are the plans that we have that we lay before the Lord. If they are of God, then God's people will, will respond. We will hear that collectively. There will be unity in this church and we will go forward no matter what Obstacles we find, we will be united as a family. If it's from the Lord and if God's people join together in prayer, this will happen. If not, then it's one of two things. Number one, God says no, stop or wait. Or we missed the boat from the very beginning. We weren't listening to the Lord. I believe this is God's will. I see confirmation of what he has for us. But now it's in your hands, church. It's in your hands at home. And let's join together in prayer. I think this is going to be a school year where we as a church will pray like we've never prayed before. And we have plans in that regard coming soon to share with you. So either our plans are are of God's or, or they're not. He will decide. But we need to be in prayer, people, Not just a toss-up prayer, but we need to be in our prayer closet regularly to have eyes to see. When the battles of your life seem to be closing in and surrounding you at all sides, I want you to look up and see that God is with you. And what do we say when we read a passage like this? Well, it's obvious, in hindsight, it's obvious that God was with them. Open your eyes and don't be afraid. And you might think, now, if only God would do that, if God could could do something like that that was done so long ago for us now. I mean, something amazing, not just passing on secret information, but something that was so clearly obvious, so evident to us, then we'd have faith. He has. He has. He sent his one and only Son, Jesus the Christ, to come and walk among us and teach us and change the world. He hung our Roman cross and was resurrected on the third day. There is no event in human history that began a revolution like the revolution of the risen Lord Jesus. We have all the evidence we need. That's exactly what he's done. The father sent the son. And Jesus is here right now to all of us here in this room. He's here to you at home. He's waiting for you to turn to him and to say, oh God, I want to have more faith to trust and believe and obey. To see that we are surrounded By enemies, but beyond that, we are surrounded by his love and his provision. Let's pray. Lord God, make it so evident, so obvious, so clear. The work that you have in store for us as a church is right on time. God, you are sovereign over all things. Nothing happens, Lord God, apart from the eternal counsel of your own will. So God, we pray that as a church, we would open our eyes to see, Lord, that in the midst of this scary time, this confusing time, this difficult time, Lord, that as a church, we would pull together, encourage one another, that we would show love to uh, those in our community. Even, Lord God, uh, neighbors, strangers, people we disagree with, Lord God, we would express your love to them. And Father, as a church, we would know that we are being led forward by you, O Jesus, to the purposes and plans you have for your kingdom, we pray. Amen.